Open your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 17 and verse 8. 1 Kings chapter 17 and verse 8. Everybody follow along with me. We're reflective and we're expressive. Write down what God's saying to you. Take good notes. Take what God is saying to you seriously. Right? We want to do this. Do it out of the 18 or I think it's 18 or 19 years of ministry and the three churches that we've planted in the short. I'm young. I'm young and I planted three churches. Even saying that just sounds silly. It just sounds like you're too young to do that. But I love it because I love being young and still having a lot of years ahead of me. I, don't let anybody tell you you're too young. Right? Some of you older people need to say, amen, hallelujah, praise God. It, it, when, you start, when you start living young, you'll start being looked at as young, right? It doesn't matter how old you get. Live young. And living young means taking risks. Living young means stepping out. Living young means going after it. Right? Live young. Live young. Uh, but God has graced us with an incredible ministry, and I'm so thankful just to be a part of it. I'm not in charge of it by any means. He is. But I, I get to be a part of it. I play my role. And playing my role means I get to help lead the people, help lead the people to where God is calling us. And, and I'm so thankful to do so. Uh, I want to welcome some very special people. That's all of uh, those who are streaming online, especially both prisons today. Come on, give it up for our prisons. Lewis Prison. I'll be with you next week. And then Maricopa Reentry Center. So thankful that you guys are tuning in. Uh, great to have you with us. Uh, we're, we're joining you in worship in the Word today. God's got something great. So lean in wherever you are and get ready to receive. Here in this text, uh, in 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 8 through, we're going to go to 14. This is the story of Elijah and the widow. She has a son, and there's a drought. Elijah just called a drought upon the whole land. So now Elijah calls a whole drought, and now he's thirsty. So right here, we're going to read the text, and we're going to read how God leads him and guides him, and then we're going to pray, extract the truth from it. It says, And the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded you, uh, commanded a widow. See, I want you to hear this. God's already speaking to the widow. A lot of people skip over this part. God's already speaking to her while he's speaking to him. God's going to tie these things together. And he says, I've already been speaking. I have commanded a widow to provide for you. So he arose and he went to Zarephath and he came to the gate of the city. Indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. Everybody say sticks. And he called out to her and said, please bring me a little, wa a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as, as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. He was thirsty and he was hungry. So he said, oh, so she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread. I only have a handful of flour in a bin and a little jar. And see, I am gathering a couple sticks. She's only got two sticks that I may go and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat and die. And Elijah said to her, ah, don't fear. Go and do as I have said to you, but make me a small cake. Make me a small cake first and bring it to me. What he's saying is, yeah, okay, go ahead and die. But before you die, make me a cake. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. 
Then he prophesies. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil dry until the day of the Lord sends rain on the earth. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's going forth on good ground. We thank you, God, that we're ready to receive. We thank you, God, that you've got a, a ministry to do today in our lives. I pray that somebody in here who's hungry is going to be fed today. And somebody who, who needs an appetite for the things of God grows a hunger for God. And Lord, I pray right now that we get hungry. We get hungry for you. And I pray that you would anoint me to speak your word and your will the way you would have me. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. Awesome. So let's get right into this. Uh, when we start off, of course, we hear that Elijah has called a drought. And Elijah's thirsty. So Elijah gets the word of God, go to this place, there's a widow there. So the same guy who says, hey, there's a drought in the land, shows up. Could you imagine that? Hey, our economy is going to tank. Everything's going downhill. Everything's going to be terrible. I'm, I'm calling all of everything, the resources to cease in our entire nation. And that same guy who says cease all the flow of resource in your life is the same guy who shows up to your house and says, can I have some money? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I called all that to stop, but I, I need a drink from you. I'm thirsty. He just comes in there and he puts his feet. He just walks into her house. He puts his feet up. And he's like, can you go? And not even, can I have a drink? What does he say? He says, go get me a drink. So this guy has the audacity to say, not just like, hey, can I have a little bit of your water? He says, go get me some water. You ever tried that with your wife, Mike? I, I've, tried, I've tried some things like that. Hey, go, go get my little nephew. And he was just like, I think two or three. Uh, he was little bitty, whatever that age is, where he's still got the bottle, but he can eat solid food. And so he's kind of in the middle. And he's laying on the bed, this little bitty dude with a big old head. And he's laying there, and he's got his feet crossed on, the, on, my, on my sister's bed. He's just sitting there, and he's got his hands up like this. And he's just like, hey, mom. <laughs> she's like, what, Benjamin? And he says, he was like, bottle and an egg. She was like, what? I want a bottle and a boiled egg. <laughs> <laughs> the worst part is my sister served it to him. But, I, but he gets there and he just has his bottle and his boiled egg and he's just eating it like he's in charge. Elijah shows up to this woman and he just, he commands. He, he demands something. Did you know that there will never be a supply unless there's a demand? So there has to be a, a demand in order to be a supply. And I want you to hear this because it, for every demand, sometimes you feel like it's inappropriate for you to command things. But God isn't calling you here as a wandering roamer, as some stranger. You are a child of the Most High God. You're not some baby with a bottle on a bed. You are, have authority in heaven and earth, and you demand things. You speak things into existence. And when you put a demand on God, all of a sudden God supplies when there's no demand, there's no supply. God responds to the demand. The, the, God will move at the pace of your need. Somebody say, mm, that's good, besides Omar. Because you know what? God will move at the pace of your need. When you, when you say, God, stir my faith, he stirs your need. God stir, will stir your need first, and he'll say, okay, let's get, it, let's get a need going here. Because the only re God will never move past your need. 
you're only going to want and need God as much as, as great as your need is. Does that make sense? Am I preaching to anybody? Your need, sometimes God will allow you to get into a place of great need to respond with great faith so then you can speak with great command and then you see a great supply. God is going to move at the pace of your hunger. Oh, I'm going to preach here in a little bit. But she, she starts off and he commands her, go get me some water. And while you're at it, make me a cake. Right? He's just, it was so terrible. I, 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 don't, I don't think the Lord could have used me like this. I show up at a widow's house, unannounced, uninvited, unwelcome. I call a drought over her whole city. And I show up and say, get me a drink and get me some food. Some of y'all was, y'all acting like you're all nice, beautiful Christians, but I know there's some sinners in here. Am I talking to any sinners in here saved by grace? Be like, boy, please, I will slap you, right? She's in there. She is literally so broke. She's counting sticks. She said, I've got two sticks. You know you're broke when you're counting change. You know what I'm talking about? Some of y'all are like, I did that last night. I was scrounging <laughs> through the car, through the cushions of the couch. I was just, I, what was that old saying? You, you're so broke, you ain't got two nickels to rub together. She was so broke, she didn't even have nickels. She had sticks. <laughs> and this poor little woman's got nothing, and he shows up and says, hey, fix me something to eat. And she says, surely you don't understand what you see here. Surely you don't see what I see. Oh, man, somebody's going to help me preach today. Surely, man of God, you're seeing something different because what I see is I've got two sticks, I've got a little bit of oil, I've got a little bit of meal, and I will eat this and we will die. What are you seeing? He said, that's okay, don't worry about it. Go ahead and die. But before you die, make me a cake first. He keeps going. And so he, he pushes, her to, and all of a sudden, man, you, you got to check this, because what's, what's happening here? What's going on here? How, why is he doing this? Why would he speak like this? Because he's putting a demand on her faith. And now he's trying to call her. Now there's a demand on him to go and believe with God. But now he's putting that same demand on her to see where, not where her prophecy and where, her, where, where all her wonderful works go, but where her priorities lie. See, he was checking her priorities. Why else would he say this? Why else would he say, make me a small cake first? Because he was checking, are you going to meet your needs first or God's needs first? Is it about your flesh first or about God first? Because it wasn't so much about the prophet as it was the priority. And so now he's checking her priority. This wasn't a test of her character. This was a test of her priorities. Who comes first in your life? Because everybody can put, it'd be fun to put God first when I've got all my needs met. It'd be fun to put God first with. Am I talking to anybody who doesn't have a billion dollars in your account and everything is provided for? Sometimes it takes when you have little to nothing to understand whether God really comes first or not. Because it's in the scarcity of life that we decide what really comes first. Oh, y'all are going to help me preach. I know you hear it. It's right on the tip of your tongue. What, we're going to decide what really comes first. First. It's not when you have everything. It's when you have little. 
It's when you have little. It's when you got two sticks. <laughs> when you're counting the change. When you, don't, when you feel like you don't have enough. That's when we really find out who comes first. And, and he says, okay, before you die, go ahead and make me a cake. Go ahead and make me a cake, young lady. And then you can make something for you and your kid. Then you can do that. And so she goes over there. And she's, I'm telling you, can you imagine the faith that she has to take every step? And she, she follows with the faith that of the command and the demand that's put on her and great faith. This is great faith. Great faith isn't showing up to church when life is good. Great faith isn't showing up to church when you woke up in the morning singing hymns and hallelujah. I can't wait to go to church today because my life is great and everything is good. And you don't, we don't wake up to and every day, oh, we just want to sing and shout and I'm going to skip on my way to church and the kids are all dressed and they clean themselves and fed themselves and everything is working out. No! Faith is determined when you don't feel like it. Faith is determined when you don't have it all. Faith is determined when, okay, the worship is going and the song is going and man, but I'm exhausted from the weekend. But as for me and my house, I'm not about my feelings. I'm not about my situation or my circumstance. I'm not going to worship God according to what he has or has not done for me. I will worship God. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord in good times, in bad times, whether it's up or down whether I feel like it somebody's gonna start clapping soon whether I feel like it or I don't feel like it that that's this is this is a call and a cry of great response to say okay whoo man every step I'm either stepping towards living or I'm stepping towards dying I'm either gonna survive or I'm gonna thrive I'm either gonna make it through this or I'm gonna die trying but I'm going see that's where a lot of people don't want to tithe or put God first because they say this phrase I just don't have enough honey if you can't live off of a hundred percent all you're saying is even though I'm gonna pay everything else first and still not have enough God still doesn't come first Oh, it got quiet. Nobody wants to say amen on that. But I'm telling you, we, we have this opportunity to reprioritize our hunger because God's going to respond to your hunger of who comes first. But what he's checking is trying to get her perspective right, then get her mind right, and then get her heart right so her hunger is, ready, is in the right direction because we're all hungry for something. But what are you hungry for? How many eaters? Thanksgiving is on the way. Hallelujah. Stretchy pants, here we come. Right? You're just like, I'm going to wear loose, baggy clothes. I'm going to wear my sweatpants. I'm going to belly up to that table. And we're all, uh, how many other fat kids besides myself am I talking to? I I'm thinking of like, man, I can't wait to eat. And I'm so hungry and I want the stuffing and the mashed potatoes. And my wife makes all these amazing casseroles and my mouth waters and salivates for it. We're all hungry for something. But what God is trying to check us today is you ought to have a greater hunger, thirst and hunger for him than anything else. And if you can get your perspective right, if you can get your priorities right, then you can change everything in your life to have a hunger for God and nothing else. Because what he's changing, I love, I think it's appropriate that he, it was a, a mother and a son. And you want to know why? Because poverty is a mentality. And, and, and it's a position in your life that you choose to live. But it's also something that is generational. 
Poverty is generationally passed down. What he was changing in mom, he was changing in the son. What he was changing in you, he'll change for your kids. But if it, Because if you give a poverty mentality $100,000, it still won't be enough. If you give a poverty mentality enough to, enough to pay everything, it still will run out. If you give a poverty mentality, I know families that make $100,000 a year and it's still not enough. And I know single moms who put God first in tithe and have multiple kids and make $20,000 a year. And every need she has is met because her hunger is in the right direction. I'm telling you, poverty is a mentality and it's a generation curse and you got to break it today we got to break that curse today we're going to break that curse somebody say let's break that curse we're going to break that curse today because God wants to align your hunger we're talking about somebody who's not just a little hungry you ever gotten to the point where you were starving you're starving how many have ever gotten hangry before I know I'm talking to myself I get good and hangry, and I justify it, and I'm like, if I'll just eat, I won't kill you, okay? And I, I'm the one who, I grew up with two brothers, so when we eat, we guard. We're like, no, you don't touch my plate. I ordered this plate. You don't touch this plate. My wife, she almost got a finger bit off when she was trying to reach over. You ever had, oh, I'm not hungry? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Uh, you, you go to order, and they say, no, I'm not hungry. But all of a sudden, your fries just look so good. <laughs> Didn't you say you weren't hungry? Do you know how hungry I am right now? <laughs> we get hang you we're talking about a woman with her baby boy who's widowed and lost everything and is starving to death yeah, yeah. with a drought all around her. And she still decides God comes first. It's okay. My hunger, my hunger for God is much greater than my hunger of the flesh. My hunger for him, my priorities for him, my priorities for God all come before my needs. And she had put a precedence on this of her priorities. And what it did, and I'm going to help some of you, is when you change uh, your mentality, you'll change your methodology. Because the reason God won't bless some people, to be honest with you, is because he can't trust you. And God wants to trust you. But you got to change your mentality to change your methodology to change because he can trust you. He can trust you. And then, so he gets to this point. Josh, come back up. See, I told you I'd be quick. So then he gets to this point. Now where we see all of a sudden things are changing and, and she's walking and she's doing this walk of faith. And just like many of us do all the time, God calls you. Hey, keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming back. Keep coming back. And he says, hey, your jars will never run empty. You'll always have enough. Oh, no, you didn't hear me. He didn't say your jars will overflow. He didn't say your jars will be of plenty. He wasn't. Am I talking to anybody who doesn't have it all? It, because he's not saying you're going to have everything you need. It's going to be overflowing in your life and you'll never run out. What he's saying is it'll never run out. You'll be able to always pull from this. If you just simply stretch your hand in there, every time you reach for me, I'll be there. Every time you stretch out, every time you get those stretchy pants on with that hunger and say, God, I need a little bit more. God's going to say, I've got more for you. It may not be completely full. You may not have enough to brag about today. 
today. You may not have enough to write about, be popular about, tell everybody how much millions you make, but you have enough. Every time you've been living for the Lord, look, somebody's going to catch on to this because there are people last night who were grasping for breath and didn't make it to today. And what are we doing with the day that we've been giving? Are we continuing to stretch and believe and say, God, every time I reach, I'm grabbing a handful of potential. Every time I reach, I'm grabbing another handful of purpose. Every time I reach, I'm grabbing another word from you. And I'm going to stretch and I'm going to reach. I'm going to stretch my faith. I'm going to stretch out my hand. Somebody say, stretch. You got to stretch out your hand in faith. Stretch out your heart in faith. Stretch yourself. God is going to enhance you by stretching you. And he says, every time you reach into those jars, I'm going to have something there for you. I will never let you go without. I will always provide enough for you. I will always make. But so many of us, we, we look in the jar of our life and we curse the little that we have. And we say, look, it's not, enough. It's not that much. What can I do with so little? And that's how we look at our life. I don't have enough talent. There's not a lot of, I don't have a lot of talent. We don't have a lot of money. We don't have thousands of people. We don't have this. We don't have that. And we start looking and we start minimalizing it. And what we do is we think that that little has no power. But it's always the small stuff. It's always the little things that have the most power. It was only a little boy's lunch that had the greatest power. It was only the hem of his garment, that small little piece of his garment that had the power to heal her blood issue. It was only the jawbone of a donkey to defeat all the enemies around him. It was only the small stuff. It was only some, but don't curse the little that you have. See the power. God sent me on an assignment here today to let you get a hunger for him. And every time you reach for him, he's going to fill you. And the greater your hunger, the greater the pull. The greater the hunger, the more you pull. The greater the hunger. Get hungry for something. Somebody say, I'm going to get hungry today. You're going to get hungry and pull for God. Gain and build an appetite for the things of God. Pull, pull, pull. Reach every time. Get hungry. But God is saying, look, it's, Josh, it's not, it's not that I don't want to pour out my glory. It's not that I don't want to fill you. It's, and look, buildings don't stop me from breaking through. Your sin doesn't stop me from pouring it out. He's, he's told me this. He said, I respond to hunger. I, I can only pour out as much as you are hungry. And oh man, so we're going to get hungrier for revival. Get hungrier for the things of God. Get hungrier for worship. Come in hungry and wanting and desiring for more in your life. The hungrier you are, right? The demand you put on God, the more supply that's poured out to you. But you got to put a demand on God. I'm hungrier. I want more. I'm not satisfied. I need more, God. The Bible says to him who ate much, he gave more. To him who ate little, he took it away. It wasn't responding to their stewardship. It was responding to their hunger. See, God just messaged you. And he said, get hungry. Yeah, your preacher knows how to, your preacher knows how to wing it. God is telling you today, get hungry. 
get hungry, get hungrier. Thanksgiving's coming and we think about food all day long and we prepare for it, we plan for it, we cook all day for it. We even don't eat so that we can eat more when it comes time to eat. And so when you, you think about this, why aren't we doing that with God? Why aren't we doing that with his word? Why aren't we doing that with prayer? Why aren't we doing that with serving? Why aren't we doing that with worship? Why aren't we hungrier? Because he's saying, that's how I respond. I want to pour my glory out, Doug, but I have to be an only a once a week God. I want to pour my glory out, but you only want to eat for an hour a week. I want to pour my glory out, but you only want to eat once a month and show up to church. I want to do more, but your hunger got to grow. I can't feed somebody who eats like a little bird. I've got a meal for you and you need to get ready to eat. Come on, Bridge Church, put your hands together. Oh, I got to close. I got to close. There's a whole lot more, but I'm going to have to do that in second and third. But I'm telling you, God has more for you, but he only responds to your level of hunger. Your words aren't lining up with your appetite. Oh, Holy Spirit. Come on. I know I'm preaching to somebody. See, some of us have made a small investment and are expecting a greater return. And you have a small, you you speak big, but you only really hunger and thirst small. And and you've got to make a bigger investment. You've got to say, oh, I'm going to get big today. I'm going to get big. I'm going to get huge and full because I'm going to look like a fat sow walking out of here knowing that I am full of the anointing. How else are you going to change the world? How else are we going to go out there and feed other people? when we're anorexic in here? How else are we going to be able to pour out of the abundance of what we have when we're starving ourselves? We can't even feed our sons. We can't feed our daughters. Why? Because we haven't even fed ourselves. you got to get hungry. And God is here to tell you, the famine is over. Oh, somebody praise the Lord. Because you want to know why? The famine is over. No, no, no. I didn't say the drought. See, the drought is happening all around. The drought is still happening all around them. While others go in lack and in want, he said to her home, because of her hunger, he said, the famine is over. You're going to watch people fade away. You're going to watch people fall aside. You're going to watch people die. But as for your house, I will sustain you. As for your hunger, I'll keep filling you. As for your priorities, I'll stay first. Because if God is first, who can be against you? If God comes first in your life, if the hunger for the things of God comes first in your life, I'm pretty sure I know a scripture that says for those who hunger and thirst what what those who hunger and thirst for righteousness you got to seek it you got to get hungry come on church say get hungry the drought is still going on it still may get darker in the world it still may get more desolate it still may be worse out there but the famine is over for the people of God because he's pouring out his blessing he's pouring out his anointing he's pouring out that check is going to double next year. I want to give $10,000 and we're going to give 15. Then we're just going to keep growing. I want to build another 120 churches in Nepal. I want Phoenix to do incredible. I want Lake Havasu to do incredible. I want to go from two prisons to five prisons. I want to see God move. Why? Because I'm not satisfied with staying right here. I need more. I'm hungry for the things of God. Come on church, stand with me. Stand with me. I know you're feeling it. I know you want to stand. Keep your hands together. Shout whatever you need to do. You know what? Hold on. Hold on. Don't put your, put your hands down. Put your hands down. Now I'm going I'm to pastor you for a little bit. I, I've said it before. I said, hey, Josh, 
Come on, we're feeling it. Come on, give us. Let's give God 30 seconds of praise and we last 10 seconds. How hungry are you? How hungry are you? How much do you thirst and hunger for God? How much do you hunger and thirst for the things? Is God first in my life? Do I curse what I have or do I bless what I have? Do I neglect what I have or do I use what I have? Do I put God first in scarcity? Because if I do here, I'll never see plenty. Because when you learn how to put God first in scarcity, you'll put God first in plenty. But he's got to get you from here to here by trusting you. Because you got to have a hunger for God. You gotta have a hunger for him. You gotta have a hunger for him. You gotta, you gotta get hungry. So when I say let's put our hands together and thank the God of heaven and earth, let's put our hands together and let's thank God. Let's give him a shout of praise. Let's get excited. Let's get fired up. why it's so important he says I and there, there's a power in praise and worship and a response of hunger because he inhabits the praises of his people and as praises go up blessings come down because he's seeing he oh my holy spirit he's seeing a sign of hunger he's seeing daddy I'm hungry give me more I want time with you I need to be fed by you I don't need pastor Landon's goofy little jokes I need a word from God and I need you to pour into my life and feed me into my heart into my soul in the depths of who I am you don't need another cute word you need a revelation of manna in your life that will transform everything transform everything transform it all and get excited. We're a year and a half old, going on two years. We'll be two years in Easter. So we got a little while. But by two years, we're going to have a thousand people in this church. And I'll tell you why. Because we're hungry. Because those who say, no, let's keep it small, I'm here to say there's another church for you. With all love and grace. For the, I, I, I'm here to see, I, I'm not here to see you saved. I'm here to see the city one. I'm not here. God didn't tell Joshua, hey, go save just Rahab. He didn't say just go take care of that. He said, the whole city is yours. I've given it all to you. And this is how I want you to do it. But it was only when Joshua was hungry for more. Joshua didn't want to wander in the wilderness. Joshua wanted to make sure they're all circumcised and give it to the Lord. Joshua was hungry and he kept pursuing. He's like, God, where are you leading me? Take me, God. Take me to the first place. Show me where the first stone is. Because when that first stone falls, the rest are falling. And he says, take me there. And he's hungry for it. And God says, this one right here. I want you to knock this domino down. And that's how we're going to see God move. It's just by a passionate hunger. If you're quiet, if your fire is low, Say, God, make me hungry. Your passion will be ignited by your hunger. As you build your appetite, your fire will grow. And you need to allow your hunger to grow so your fire will grow. The reason you're not passionate for the things of God, some people, is because our hunger is small. we got to get a greater hunger. Come on, shake your neighbor and tell him, get hungry, get hungry. 
I got to close. Third closing. Here we go. I need to pray. And I want to bless you. I want to bless you that you receive this word. And then it goes on a good ground and you do something with it. No, not for, no, not for other people, for you. This isn't for anybody else but you. This is for you. So I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Lord, in Jesus' name, for every head bowed and eye closed, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that hunger would grow. In fact, if you want to get hungry, raise your hands right now. I I, I pray a hunger sweep across this place, a hunger sweep across this place, God, Lord, that we get hungrier and thirstier for who you are in our life. God, Lord, and if we're not hungry, move us on to something else. God, if we don't know how to get an appetite for you, then move us on. But God, I want to get hungry for you. I want to get hungrier for the things of God, an appetite that grows, that's never complacent, but that's always chasing what you have ahead of us. And Lord, we thank you that we're not here to stand still. We're here to run with you. And we thank you, God, that you're showing up in this place mightily today. And we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said, let's give God some praise. Come on.